Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet entrepreneur Meredith Feynman, technology reporter Alex Kantrowitz, and attorney Adrian Lawrence. Each of these authors has taken a hard look at how ingrained company cultures and established hierarchies can deeply and often negatively affect everything, from worker productivity and innovation to employees' basic ability to grow and thrive. Listen in to learn what it means to brag better, how to apply the internal structures of tech giants to your own workplace, and how to survive and thrive after serious workplace harassment. Plus, hear what it was like for each of these authors to record their audiobooks, and who may think twice before ever using so many letter P's in a sentence again. Enjoy. Hi, this is Meredith Feynman, author of Brag Better, Master the Art of Fearless Self-Promotion. I wrote my book because I realized that we have a really bad inverse relationship between volume and merit. We are rewarding the wrong voices, and I cared that people that had done the work, the qualified quiet, but didn't know how to talk about it, learned how to tout their accomplishments. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook, I would say hard, <laughs> but also fun. I had a great director and too many Ps. I will never use so many Ps in a sentence again because it like pops and makes it hard for audio. I did a lot of really great interviews for the book. And it's one thing reading things you've written in your own voice, but I had a really tough time doing quotes from other people because they're not my cadence. They're not how I speak. It's how someone else speaks. So that was hard. I'm proud that I was able to get through it, but I'm also proud of some of the jokes and that it's my own voice and that I think I inserted some of my personality into the reading of the manuscript. If I wasn't going to record my own audiobook, I, I'm trying to think of who I'd cast because there's so many voices that I love, just like my personal all-time greatest favorite, Robin Williams, though he's not around anymore, just because I love him so much and I would be so honored. Maybe Amy Poehler, because she's so funny and that would be really cool. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is just taking walks and when I walk my dog and when I want to relax. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. A few years ago, a thoughtful, personable, and talented client came to me wanting to determine why she felt consistently underestimated. Let's call her Nina. Nina was tired of feeling invisible in rooms and being passed over for opportunities she felt she deserved. She did deserve them. It was dead obvious. Like the majority of my clients, she was a member of the Qualified Quiet, a group of highly competent individuals who are underestimated because they lack a strategy for self-promotion, thinking their work will speak for itself. Well, it does not. Hi, this is Alex Kantrowitz, author of Always Day One, How the Tech Titans Plan to Stay on Top Forever. I decided to write this book because I saw the tech giants just operating very differently than most traditional companies. 
The way that these companies work on the inside is so different and really encourages invention in a way that typical companies, which tend to operate in a top-down, more bureaucratic fashion, do not. So I thought it was really important to take that information and hand it over to the rest of the world so that instead of looking at the tech giants as this mysterious, unknowable group of companies that no one could ever compete with or imitate, the rest of the economy would be able to take the inventive elements of their company, install them in their own companies, and then be able to give these companies a run for their money. So I'm hoping this book appeals to everyone, whether it's executives at companies that are competing with the tech giants or people inside the tech giants that want to know how their competitors are working, or entrepreneurs who'd like to operate a little more like an Amazon or a Microsoft or a Google, or regulators, for that matter, who viewed these companies as incredibly mysterious, tend to be behind the eight ball in terms of trying to figure out how to rein them in. And I thought by talking to them about the physiology of these companies rather than simply the systems, they'd be at an advantage. And so... We'll see what happens. I'm hoping that it gains an audience and some of these lessons end up getting distributed through the economy. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be fun. It was great fun. Myself, Patrick, and Mary just had a blast going through all the different pronunciations and trying to figure out how to get your voice when you're talking through your book versus looking at it silently. And honestly, it was a great review for me because it had been a bit of time since I read through the whole thing. And having to speak it out loud makes you focus on it. And, you know, now I'm much more refreshed on what I'm talking about as I'm going to head out and speak about the book. We don't know if there'll be a physical tour given the coronavirus, but hopefully there'll be opportunities to talk about it with audiences near and far. I definitely had no idea how to pronounce particularly Women was tough as opposed to woman. That's sort of my Long Island accent coming out. And from the booth, do we have any other ones that I messed up? Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. The one favorite is human, which is littered throughout the book. There are many, many instances of human. I can't say a human. It's just a factor of where I grew up and all my friends make fun of me for it. And I tried to fix the other ones, particularly, similarly. Those ended up working out well. But did I start the word human with an H? No, I did not. Okay. (laughs) So this is a question about what I was proud of in terms of the recording. Honestly, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. And so I'm proud that I was able to sink into a voice that seemed a little bit more like a narrator and less like a person who just showed up and had no idea what to do, which is really who I was. So I was also proud of doing some fake movie trailer voiceovers with the booth while we were in the middle of downtime. So, you know, like something like, in a world where only two people can survive, one of them gets by in the most difficult way. Yeah, we did have a Black Mirror chapter, and that would have been fun to do in that type of voice, but I think that it's scary enough, and and me trying to do anything else on top of it would have just, whoever's listening to this thing had them throw their AirPods into the ocean and run far away from audiobooks for a very long time. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Mike Leo, who's a character in the book itself. He shows up in the last chapter called The Leader of the Future. He was the CEO of the company called Operative Media that I used to work at, that I ended up getting laid off from. And Mike most graciously spoke with me about what was going on at the company at the time, what happened with him. And one of my fondest memories of the company was in the early days that I was there, There was a guy, he's going to kill me for telling the story, but I'm going to do it anyway. 
there was a guy that would show up to our sales meetings. You know, he was wearing khaki pants and a white t-shirt and just kind of sit on the counter. And every time he would chime in, he would say like the smartest thing in the room. And he had this great voice, very deep, and you respected it. And I had no idea who the dude was, even though I had joined the company. And it turns out he was the CEO. So if it wouldn't be me narrating this thing, I would have Mike Leo as the guy. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was, it's actually an old one, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I just thought the narration on that was stupendous. So calm, so even in the tone, and the information was really good. So I hope to listen to more like that. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is while I'm walking. I mean, what better way to spend your time when you're walking from point A to point B than becoming educated on things? And as I've been preparing for this, I've been listening to more and more. And I think they're terrific. And I think they make a great companion wherever you are. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Bezos's invention culture is responsible for getting us to talk to speakers, microwaves, and clocks all with Alexa embedded inside, and to read books on screens, build companies on the cloud, shop on the internet with abandon, and, perhaps shortly, walk out of stores without stopping at a register. Invention is fuel for him. It's fuel for his intellect. It's part of the being, the fabric of the company. Jeff Wilkie, Amazon CEO of Worldwide Consumer, and Bezos' second-in-command, told me. The times when I've seen him the most joyful are the times when he runs across an invention, an insight, an innovation, a pioneering thought. My name is Adrian Lawrence, and my book is called Staying in the Game, The Playbook for Beating Workplace Sexual Harassment. I was inspired to write my book after I went through a sexual harassment and retaliation experience at ESPN, and there were no just basic guides out there. As a lawyer, I was familiar already with the law, but I wanted more advice on the sociological, behavioral aspects of it and how to combat it in every step of the way, from mental health to social media to cybersecurity. So I wrote that book. If I had to describe recording my audiobook in one word, it would be enlightening. And I'd say that because you do not realize how many words you pronounce incorrectly until you record an audiobook, and it just makes you wonder how many of your friends and family have been laughing at you for saying sociology instead of sociology. Yes, there were several words that I realized I didn't pronounce correctly. One of them would be feign. F-E-I-G-N. I always pronounced it fiend. And I learned I was wrong, even though I know rain. So it's just, you know what, I'm going to have to struggle to use the proper pronunciation moving forward. <laughs> I'm a complete and total nerd. So I will say that I am most proud in my narration of just the different inflection and voice changes for the different areas of the book. So the listener is guided because I love organization. And my book in a written capacity reflects that. And so the opportunity to bring that to the listener too is kind of cool. If I hadn't recorded my own book, my dream narrator would probably be Gabrielle Union. 
I just think she has strong character, is uplifting, and is very inspiring and could just really bring the feel and flavor in it. And so I think she would be spectacular. And now listen to a clip from the audiobook. Let's travel way back in time to the early 1950s. When I Love Lucy made its debut on black and white TV, states still approved of segregation, and a woman's job was to keep her husband happy. 17-year-old Kiki was a quiet co-ed at Cornell University in upstate New York. In that era, most girls her age married their sweethearts straight out of high school, and the few girls who went to college studied in pursuit of an MRS degree. College girls like Kiki were expected to find a man, marry, make a home, multiply, and maybe even finish her degree. If her husband approved, of course. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.